Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm telling you, I pinch myself every time I get to come to church and hear great worship. And you know, if you don't appreciate it, just go to another church and then you'll come back and appreciate it. Hey, I wanna give it up. This is the McCudden family right here. Five all-stars, amazing. You might not know this, but uh, he's known Pastor Jurgen. They were in youth ministry together. Christian was like Pastor Jurgen's right-hand man, got in trouble all the time, and then, uh, they, um, then he was with Pastor Phil in the C3 movement for a lot of years, and now they have their own church in, what is it, the Gold Coast? Noosa. And we've just really, if you could just stretch out all your hands for him. Lord, bring him to San Diego, Lord. I want a friend. Lord, we just thank you so much. And Lord, for Noah, we know he's single, and sometimes a woman, Lord, just bless him with a San Marcos only young adult in Jesus' name that loves Jesus. No, which one's not? Raise your hand, Noah. No, turn around. Do a circle. Do a circle. Ladies, he is single and ready to mingle. This is his sister. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. I don't care how old she is. There's just a law. When dad gives me the wink, then we'll start, hey. Incredible surfers. This is Melissa. Come on, this is how long you guys been married? 27 years next month. Come on, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, we love having you, and we hope that prophetic word comes true that you're coming state bound. And uh, some of you I know will be fasting with me as we believe for the McCudden family right here in San Diego. Well, I'm not joking. Not joking. And in all seriousness aside, when I first came to this church, you gotta know I, I, I grew up as part of the Frozen Chosen. And uh, it means Presbyterian, Baptist. That just means you didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. Or you believed in the Holy Spirit, you just didn't believe the gifts were for today. And so you never saw miracles, you never saw power, you never saw anything. And so we would just bring in these amazing preachers. And my mind would be messed up theologically every Sunday to the point where I'd be offended and I'd say, I'm not going to back that crazy church. And how you know God has a sense of humor? Now I'm pastoring that crazy church. Uh, but I said, oh, this is too radical. My first, no joke, because if you don't know the people, you can justify a miracle. You could talk yourself out of supernatural. I'd be like, oh, that was, you know, sleight of hand, or maybe they said headache, you know. But my cousin, who had a tumor in her breast, been to every specialist, radically came to, she's a, a pastor's daughter, came to a service in the Boys and Girls Club. God can still move anywhere, just so you know. It's not a church building. But I'm going to tell you something. My cousin ran down who is engaged to an atheist. And I just said, well, this guy... Pastor McCudden's coming to church, walks in anointing, has seen radical healings, and he was preaching, and I'll never forget it. He stopped in the middle of a preach. I mean, no, he came prepared, but he allowed the Holy Spirit to whisper something in his ear. He stopped, and he goes, huh, I see a female with something going on in your breast tissue, and if you want to get healed, God said he's going to heal you. I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, that's my cousin. Oh my gosh, I wonder if I could like go up and drag her down. Because I know she's not going to come. Her fiance's, you know, atheist. All of a sudden, I felt this, she runs by me. Gets up to the front. And he says, stretch out your hands. He just does this thing like nonchalant. Prays over, power God hits her. She falls down. Didn't know that was part of it. Neither did her atheist uh, fiance ran up next to me. He said, what did he just do? Did he punch her? I'm going to knock him out. He's a third degree black belt. I said, bro, calm down. 
Calm down. I don't know what's going on. I'm new too. <laughs> he literally stops, goes back with the female laying on the ground, just starts preaching again. And how many know we're not paying attention to what he's doing? I'm staring at my cousin. He's thinking, do I go out and knock this guy out? So we're all in this thing. 30 seconds felt like 10 minutes, maybe a minute. She gets up, she's weeping. It's gone, it's gone. She couldn't even hug you because it was so painful. She had a side hug. She said, it's gone, it's gone, I'm crying. Atheist boy. Never been to church, doesn't believe in God, anything. Ran up and interrupted him in the middle of service. He said, I don't know what you just did, but I was at the top and I said, God, if you're real, if you heal the girl I love, I'll give you my life. He led him to the Lord right there. I'm going to tell you, he didn't preach another word. He just did an altar call. Power of God started moving. People slayed everybody. I'm still messed up. That's the anointing, and don't you ever forget it. Changed my family's life. The ripple effect stirred my faith. That testimony. Listen, it's by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the your testimony. That's my testimony. That's my cousin. You can come up all in here, ah, oh, the gifts aren't for today. Well, not today for you. Wednesday night. Oh, you're preaching Wednesday night? Shut up. I don't know. I'm not even preaching. But you know what? The Holy Spirit's got something to say, so you guys are fine. You guys are fine. Maybe I'll say something. Dang it. I'm so pumped. Wednesday, just supernaturally show up. It's going to be radical. I'm telling you, don't let your theology keep you out of a radical vision for your life. Man, the Holy Spirit's here to do radical things. How many of you ready for it? Come on, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord. I'll get out of the way so you can do what you do. God, speak to us today. God, I know some people, God, some people in here, they need to, they need to get a vision. Some people need to stay in vision. Some need to stir a vision. Some need to hold on to that vision. Wherever we're at, Lord, with vision, speak to us today. God, I thank you for those people that have never experienced an encounter with you. But God, let them hear your voice today. Let them experience you today. God, we honor you. We give you glory. We thank you that you're stirring something supernatural even in this midst today. We thank you for all the miracles of 2023. But, well, God, we, we, we have the expectation and the hunger for more in 2024. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. All right. Let's make sure my notes are in order. All right, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Now, hopefully you have vision cards, okay? You're going to fill these out with the vision God's given to you. Or in my case, some of these were some of the vision my wife gave me. And uh, then we're going to anoint and pray over them. I felt like the 9 a.m., they just weren't picking up what I was putting down. Listen, awakens like this. You, you don't come to a church and, and check the box and walk out and be like, oh, I got a, uh, I think, yeah, it was a good sermon. Yeah. Whatever. This is called the house of transformation. That's right. The expectation is that your life will be transformed. Yeah. A lot of things, you know why we call this the altar? Because your life gets, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're going to shout down the preacher. We're going to stand up and worship. You might get the, the Aussie hoppers going. You know, whatever it is, we're, gonna, we're an engaging church. This whole thing, sit back like this. When you lean in, when you move, God's going to move. How many want 2024 to show up differently? That means you got to be different. We got to do different things. You know, my wife and I said, what, are, what is something different that we, you know, we usually try to bring in? You know, the new year. We're going to stay up till midnight or nine for those with wisdom. You still saw the ball drop. Your whoop band had better sleep results, more restfulness. The next day, that's called good. But we decided to do something crazy. We were influenced by our trainers who are here. Oh, yeah. I saw you come in. Uh-huh. Yeah. We uh, somehow have the, you know, it's like you can have an idea and you got to be in a safe place. I don't even know who uses that word. Okay, but yeah, you should be able to say things like, yeah, let's get up and hike Potato Chip Mountain to watch the sunrise. That's something you say, but you don't say it in front of certain people that hold you accountable, like your trainer. 
I learned that. I'm like, man, that wasn't wisdom. And you know when it's coming out and you can't pull it back? And then he's like, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, God, you know what? That was, you guys have a good time. Nope, we all did it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to go really, really either two ways. One, it's going to be a cool thing for my wife and I to get to bond over. Or two, she's going to leave me and I need a session with Dr. Brian immediately. So I just, you know, text to make sure he had an opening coming up just in case it went south. You don't have to amen that, babe. Wow. Wow. Okay. But literally, we got up, and uh, we saw the sunrise come up, Potato Chef Rock on Mount Woodson. Let me just tell you, that's not for the faint of heart. Maybe some of you are just ultra awesome. Uh, but for me, when I started, I'm going to I'm do this quarterly. Yeah. This is epic. A couple miles in, I'm like, maybe twice a year. <laughs> Somewhere near the next 100 yards, I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. I hate my trainer. <laughs> Why are they walking so fast? These new ons aren't what they said to be. They suck. This is not walking on clouds. I'm not on a cloud. I'm on pins and needles. There's things wrong with my feet. I need to lose weight. This weight isn't serving me right now. I mean, listen, I had lots of thoughts that I'm thinking to myself. I thought I shredded that thought. But then we get to the top and, uh, you know, I got my iPhone out and I take a picture and it doesn't look right. I take another picture and it doesn't look right. Finally, I'm like, man, I, I think it, maybe it's just me. I can't see it so early in the morning. My wife's like, you know, your camera's broken. And now your second and your third camera are broken. I was pretty much crawling on all four hands by the time I got to the top. But anyways, all my cameras I realized were broken when I started off somewhere in the year and just one of them were by time I got to the top of Mount Woodson, all three were broken, and I'm taking the worst pictures, but I'm trying to justify them. I, mean, I look back at all my pictures of 2023, they're all messed up for, on some level, but you don't know, how many agree with me, you don't know how lame something looks until you're, someone with a good camera takes a picture, and you're like, oh, it's supposed to look that good, but I'm going to tell you, so I said this week, and I felt the Holy Spirit whisper, don't go into the new year with something old that doesn't serve you. And so I, I realized that I had a crappy camera with no clarity, taking pictures that I used to justify, looked awesome, which I go back now and they all look horrible. And then I realized I'm standing next to Eugene and other people with nice cameras, Mark Collins over there, getting the, the sun all to look beautiful. I'm like, that's ridiculous. So I traded my phone in and I got a new phone and I started taking pictures. I'm like, it could look this good. I am a professional. I mean, listen, I'm going to put myself on Fiverr tonight because I didn't realize I'm really good at taking other people's photos. You want me to take your picture after church? I got you with my camera. This new three camera thing when they're working, it's amazing, the iPhone. I wasn't that into my iPhone last year. Now I know why. Listen, here's the revelation I had. There is a revelation to here, okay? I'm not promoting or selling iPhones. I get no commission from Apple, matter of fact. It's too bad. Uh, but the revelation is this, is that if you don't have Jesus, it doesn't matter what your vision card is going to say. It's not going to have clarity. It's not going to be clear. And you're not going to see the picture the way you're supposed to. I'm not starting 2024 with a broken camera or a broken life. When you give your life to Christ, you're a new creation. All things are new. And when I want to tell you something, we all fall short. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to do these things. And so I don't want to go into this vision message without giving you an opportunity. If you need to hit the reset, control, delete, renew your life with Jesus, or you're like, I'm just going to church for the first Sunday of 2024. I don't know what to expect. Let me tell you this, my friends. God sent his son to die on a cross for you, not to start another religion, not to make you feel guilty. Not to give you some rules and all these things you got to jump rope to. And you're like, how many more? No, no, he, he, he died because you're his greatest creation. He's going to pursue you to your last breath. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And I just want you all, if we can just do this real quick, with every head bowed and every eye closed, not looking around. If you want to renew your life so we can get into this vision of 2020 more, or you want to give your life to Christ for the very first time, I just want you to lift your hand up. Just with every hand, thank you, thank you, 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's just one section. Come on. Thank you, 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 thank you. Come on, thank you. Dear Lord, thank you over here. Thank you. Hey, this is just saying, Lord, I wanna I wanna reset, I wanna give my life to you. here's what I want to do. I want us all to say this prayer together. And we there's so many hands, and listen, when you come down or you go over and there's my response lounge. Nope. Oh, yes! I was working on that all of 2023. I know some of you don't even know what's going on right now, but that meant a lot to me. Lord, thank you and my team, thank you. That's just, I'm finished here. No, I'm sorry. There's a response lounge. We want to give you a Bible and a following Jesus book. If you didn't know this, you can have fun in church. If you didn't raise that way, I'm sorry. I wasn't either. I mean, I felt guilty the first time I laughed in church to Pastor Jurgen. I said, he's, he's the funniest pastor there is. I'm like, should I be laughing right now? Oh, my gosh, is this dishonoring? I was, oh, my gosh, I'm going to pee my pants. Uh, but then I realized, no, 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 you, you can't. I, I grew up religious, not in relationship. When you have a relationship with Jesus, he gives you freedom to be who he created you to be. What a concept. So you all have different gifts. He all created you completely unique. And when you bring all those gifts to the house of God, you can do radical things. The, these radical things you saw in 2024 aren't because we just have uh, a radical staff. No, we have a great team, but we have radical volunteers and people that love Jesus and want to bring their gifts to the house so we get to do all this stuff. So come and celebrate in 2024, but let's say this prayer together and just seal the deal. You ready? Yeah. Heavenly Father, Father, thank you you for sending your son son to die on the cross cross for my sins. sins. Jesus, Jesus, thank you. you. Come into my heart. heart. I repent repent. and I ask for forgiveness. forgiveness. Let 2024 be the greatest vision vision in my life. God, help heal me, restore me. And let me walk out who you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, it's not about raising your hand. It's about actually a commitment in your heart. Jesus does a heart transformation. He says, you're a new creation. And since you're a new creation, and don't worry, you're better than an iPhone, okay? I'm just saying, God wants to give you clarity that you see things greater than you've ever seen things before. That God wants to whisper things. The Bible talks about he directs your steps. If you trust him, if you hear a voice, he will help you navigate things you never thought you had to navigate. If you're wondering why you keep, oh, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Well, let's just be still and listen to what God has for you. How many know he's got plans for your life? How many know the good plans? That's what the word of God says. So let's get into it. Title of my message is Vision Quest, more in 2024. I just want to read, because God showed me there's two groups of people. Some of you got vision. But how many know God can still show up in your life and put a touch of heaven on that vision? God can supernaturally lift your life to a place that you could never see it going. And if you try to do it in your own strength, you're going to get somewhere. But that's not God's very best for you. And I'm telling you, one drop can change everything in your life. And I've seen Ephesians 3.20 says, now. Somebody say, now. All glory to God who is able. How many know he's able? If not, you will be. Through his mighty power and work within us, within you, just so you know, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Let this just mess you up a little bit. God wants to do bigger things, infinitely more than you could ever ask or ever think. Problem is, a lot of Christians, they get this like humility thing, which is the Bible does say be humble, but you don't ask, so you have not because you, which is pretty interesting. So it says more than we might ask or think. So some of the stuff I'm going to talk about is I, I, I got to get you thinking differently so then you might ask differently. But we got to change up. That's why I was saying sometimes why... I see a lot of the same people sitting over here all the time. Why don't don't you guys mix it up a little bit? Why don't you go over there next Sunday? Hey, get crazy. (sighs) I'm going to sit on the other side next Sunday. I dare you. Freaking radical Christians. I think I'm going to go to the altar one of these days. Come on. 
I dare you. Called the altar, so something gets altered up in here. If we're going to change the way, I went to this marketing seminar seminar one time, and I showed up, and I was I was with all these really smart people. It's called the Wizard Academy. I was sitting there. Next thing I know, they're coming out and they're pouring wine, and we had wine glasses. I'm thinking, oh no, we didn't. We had coffee mugs and pouring wine in the coffee mug. I'm like, dude, it is 8 a.m. And the guy goes, I got to get you guys behaving and thinking different than you've ever thought if you're going to pick up what I'm putting down today. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's crazy. Well, then again, I paid a lot of money to be there. So maybe uh, he's not crazy. Uh, It was amazing. Just, I'm I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I had a sip of wine at 8 a.m. Messed up all my thinking. The way that I thought, processed everything, and then he's teaching us concepts I would have never understood, but he had a pattern interrupt this behavior that we can get stuck in of just doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. That's why we said, let's get up at four in the morning and go hike some dumb mountain to watch the sunrise, and it was radical. It changed the way that we thought about the rest of our day, the rest of our week. Mostly I couldn't walk, but I mean, I did think (laughs) differently because of how I showed up. I started the new year this year different than I ever have. He said, I'm gonna do 75 hard, not to get a bunch of like, hey, you know, pray for me, even though I'll take it. Decided we decided to do a cleanse. I've never seen my wife cook so much in my life, and I decided I eat like a rabbit and a bird right now. But you know what? 2023 got away from me in that belt size. You know what I'm saying? I had a chip problem. Freaking chips. You know, it first started at Men's Emerge. I started eating all that Alex, you know, almost meat. I was like, jeez. Then I craved meat the rest of the year. Now I'm a meditarian, but I still got to lean it up. So it, you got to do things differently to get different results. How committed are we to these different results? And so Psalm 121, one through it, I want you just to hear this verse. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one that watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Listen, I want to tell you something. If we can get stuck somewhere... It's because we've lost our vision. When you lose your vision, you can lose your strength. When you lose, or you lose your joy, which means you lose your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you lose your vision, all of a sudden you slow down, then you lose your joy. You're just not pumped for life. And then when you lose your joy, you lose your strength, and then you just want to lay on the ground and suck your thumb. And then, you know, I want to call my mom and see if she'll make me soup. Listen. We got to keep our vision in front of us, to keep our joy around us, to be fired up with a purpose and a passion for our life. We can't afford to lose our joy. Now, if you do, show up at men's prayer or women's prayer, and let's just deal with it. But don't let a week go by, a month go by, a quarter go by, a year go by, and then we justify, because that is where we become victims. And if you got Jesus, let me tell you something, we ain't got time. For a victim mentality, a woe is me mentality, because you have resources. You have the Holy Spirit, your helpmate. You've got the word of God. I'm going to tell you, when you get the word in you more than the world in you, you're going to make a radical difference on the way you see, the way you think, the way you hear. Your perspective changes. So we got to shift our perspective, but that's the filter of the world or the filter of the word. What do you got in you? So I just want to talk about just one. I want to read this verse. It says, uh, Habakkuk 2.2, and I want to read the whole thing. Read it with me. Hopefully they have it. I got the wrong version in my notes, maybe. Then the Lord said to me, write this answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. 
Let's put an amen to that word right there. Come on, Joel 2.28 says this, and it shall come to pass. Then after doing all things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Come on. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. The word is telling us that, man, you should still be dreaming at an old age. You should, young men, you should wake up and get a vision for your life. God isn't done. He's got plenty of vision and resources for your life. If you've got to get around the right circles, the right people, he will unlock and he will stir something. But are you willing? The, to prophesy means to forecast, to tell, a revealing of what's happening in the future. This is Vision Sunday. We're doing a physical manifestation to stir up something in the heavens, like the Bible says. In Matthew 18, 18, says, I tell you the truth. Well, thank goodness somebody does. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. We got to prophesy over the things that we want to see in front of us. Let, let me help you. We are prophesying all the time. See, I just didn't know that everything you do in life, you'll have an outcome to. Some of you don't like the outcome of where you're at right now. Maybe you don't like the outcome of your money situation your home life situation, we all have an outcome. But it's what we speak and what we see is the target we're aiming for. So if we casually don't take every thought captive, if we casually don't renew our mind, if we don't even know the word, then our, our, by default is we've been suckered into the world because it's been programming you through preachers, teachers, whatever it is. We need the word to program us. What you focus on expands. What fires together, wires together. You got to be careful how this thing is wired. We're trying to blame all these other things, but it's our wiring. So we got to rewire what God's trying to do. That's why we come to church. That's why we got a Wednesday service. That's why we got men's prayer on Tuesday. I need all the help I can get to rewire. And you got to be careful what is firing first. That's why you need great friends to be like, hey, cancel. You know, I said in the last service, Kevin Deddy last week, he told me something. I saw his truck. I'm like, that's sick. And he goes, it's actually healthy. I go, touche, touche. You know what I meant, though? I meant that's rad. And he goes, well, then say that. All right, I got you. I'm already tired of hanging out with you. Okay. But it's what I do. You know, I say cancel all the time. You got to be careful because sometimes you don't even know what's coming off your lips. You're just saying it because it's your old default. It's your old way. And somebody's got to remind you. I remember when I had to stop cussing, Kevin and I were trying to get successful. Mine says we were snapping our wrists all the time with the rubber band. Every time I'd think negative, snap, snap, snap. This thing was bloody. But guess what? I got over thinking negative real quick because God was trying to get something new in me. But I had to discipline myself to rewire some bad thinking, some old protocols. So I want to give you just a couple thoughts real quick that can help you. But the three things that can come in and steal your vision, number one is fear. Yep. Yeah. Number one is fear. Fear of disappointment, fear of failure, even some people fear of success. My dad became very successful. Love you, dad. And, uh, but because of some upbringing... You know that quote, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, the love of money. Not money is the root of all evil. The love of money. But he was programming. So when he started getting successful, there was self-sabotage. He didn't realize some of the programming until he was in his 70s. He came to emerge. He started listening online. But it had to renew and wake up some stuff. But you don't have to wait till you're old to get the revelation now. Listen, get some stuff right. It's okay to be successful. It's okay to be generous. God wants you to be blessed so you can be a Five thoughts to keep the vision. Listen, I want you to, I don't have time for this, but I want you to do this exercise when you get home. I do this in all my goal-setting seminars, but I want you to un understand. Stress or fear, the second thing is demands of other people or pleasure are the three forces. They're the three little foxes that will come in and ruin your harvest. First one is fear. Second one is demands of other people. Third one is pleasure, meaning easy versus hard. Catch all the foxes, those little foxes. They ruin the vineyard of love. I know the song of Solomon, but if you're going to love your life, if you're going to love you, you got to make sure you kick these little foxes out of your life. But if you could have, do, or be absolutely anything, regardless of time or money, what would it be? What would it be? 60-second timer when you get home. 
time yourself. The minute you hit 60 seconds, shut it down. And you've got to play by the rules so you can see where you're stuck, okay? If you could have, do, or be absolutely anything, regardless of time or money, what would it be? See, when you don't have a vision, you can get stuck. If you have zero to 10 things written down in 60 seconds, it means your toilet's clogged. Your vision's clogged. 10 to 20 items, that means you flush the toilet and it starts to fill up and you get nervous and you're like, and then all of a sudden it drains, you're like, I know that's too much of a visual for some people, but at least you won't forget it later. The the third one is like 20 to 30 things, that means you're flowing. Over 30, come teach this class, you know what I'm saying? But you want to get in the exercise and how do you do it? You You go be a part of it. You go get around other people with vision right now. You know, I'm trying to get myself invited over to my buddy's house that moved into Rancho Santa Fe. He still hasn't invited me. No disrespect, but, you know, just trying to get over there. I need a bigger vision. He's got one. Just going to have to get a helicopter or a drone to fly me over it so I can see it. But, you know, you got to get around big people that can help you see bigger. Sometimes, you know, I went over and saw Kyle, and, you know, he's the number one guy at the Porsche dealership. So I just said, hey, can I sit in these cars? Man, he's just like, I'll give you a ride in this car. Let me borrow his Porsche. I was a bluest tire on it. I still owe you for that tire. I'm sorry. But dang, it gave me a whole nother perspective what I'm missing out on. That's how I went from a, I never had a Prius. Never mind. But that's how you just, don't be offended. Calm down. That's point number three. Number one, think bigger, see bigger, stir your vision. We got to think bigger. James four, one through three. Did we got that one for me? James, oh, oh, that's four too. Oh yeah, right there, let's go. What causes the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you find and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You don't gotta take it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Hey, let's seek after the desire. Seek first the kingdom. Matthew 6, 33. And all these things. You seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. There's a right way of doing things. And then all these things will be added unto you. You don't have to worry about what anyone else has. You don't have to covet. You don't have to worry about it. Just seek the kingdom. Hey, let's build the kingdom together. We got plenty to do. There's a city that needs to be won. There's a Temecula I need a building for. There's an Escondido I need a building for. Let's go get radical in the city God's planted you in. Somebody's with me. Thank you. Come on. So we got to think bigger. I love it. You know, God, God's trying to stir it just like in Genesis 12, 12, emphasizes that God blessed Abraham to be a blessing. So as we follow Abraham's example, we embrace God's promises, not just for our personal gain, but the intention of being a blessing. He, he had to tell Abram, I'm going to switch your name to Abraham. I know you don't got it, but you're going to prophesy. Then I need you to get out of your tent. I need you to quit looking down or looking at your circumstance. And I need you to look up, start counting the stars. Some of you got to get out of your funk. And start looking up, not down at what you got. Start looking up at the God who is your provider, your Jehovah Jireh, who can stir and make all things possible to those that believe. Number two, stop it. Stop it. Stop looking back. In Genesis 19, 26, the biblical story, we learn the importance of not looking back. Just as Lot's wife turned back to face consequences, we got to resist dwelling on our past mistakes, our past experience. God tells us to move forward. When we first got married, I had three little things, and then Dr. Brian said, that's not a good idea for your marriage. I used to be like, she'd say something, I'd be like, man, get over it. You know, Kevin and I learned the same thing. This is pre-marriage though. You know, when you're married, don't do this to your wife. (laughs) But God is saying, listen, there's some things I gotta, you gotta get over. Quit looking back. God's called us to look forward. That's why, man, our vision's gotta be like the front windshield. But some of us are looking in the rear view mirror, which is small and it's meant to be. There are 170 women mentioned by name or alluded to in scripture. But there's only one woman that Jesus even tells about us to remember. 
in the New Testament. One woman, he says, remember her. In Luke 17, 32, in the midst of a discourse about the end times, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. The only thing we know about Lot's wife in Genesis 19, 26, it said, but Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. The angel of the Lord said, don't look back at what I'm burning down. Don't look back at what I'm finished with. Don't look back at the thing I'm delivering you from. Don't look back at those things. Look forward. It says Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. She was calcified and stuck in a place where she was only meant to be passing through. Our world has shifted and a shaking is happening, maybe right now even in your world. Maybe you don't know the future. You're like, well, it's hard to have a vision. Listen, let me tell you, things that we have known are burning to the ground. And the word look back in the original language means looking back with a longing and a desire to go back. Listen, I thought downtown was like the highlight of a Friday night. I look back now, I go, man, the devil had me so committed. Wasted money, time, resources, stupid. It wasn't until I got a vision for my life, I realized, man, they had good marketing downtown. <laughs> I could do that at home. Should have saw us the other night. <laughs> I got better moves, but I didn't want to, you know. I don't want to make anybody stumble. Yeah. We don't have time. Calm down. I'll prophesy. I'm going to be in Twisted next year. You can come watch that. Listen, her attachment to the past was greater than her commitment to the future. She wanted what she was leaving more than what God had for her in her future. We're so busy looking back and longing for the old that we don't move into what God's got us for in the new. It's a new year. God's got big plans if you allow him to shake up your world a little bit. Number three, eternal perspective. Reflecting on Abraham's decision to part ways with Lot, he had to leave behind unhealthy relationships and situations. Genesis 13, 14, God promised Abraham to land as far as he could see. But to receive God's blessing, we too must be willing to separate ourselves from what hinders our spiritual journey. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I, I hear this a lot. You know, what do you, it, circles matter. Matter. I love 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I want to read it to you. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs and will last forever. Let me tell you something. Don't let your circumstance suck you down. Lot was family. But God's like, you got to get away from them. Don't justify saying, well, it's just family. His family wants to cause drama, tell them to get their drama sorted out. You know a guy. I refuse to not walk in my destiny, my purpose, my vision that God gave me because I got family problems. I'm going to deal with family problems. And sometimes it's called boundaries. We get caught up into drama. God's just saying, drop the drama. I've got plans for you. Either subconsciously you like the drama or you want to be a bigger version of yourself and you got to let go of some drama. When God can get you to a place that you go, can go back because you got healing, you got deliverance, you got set free, you can go back and get them. But right now, some of you got to change your perspective because you keep using the family drama card as why you're stuck, why you don't have this, why you can't get away from this. Your circle matters. I want to help you and give you a biblical circle, and then we're going to pray for cards. I mean, I could preach. I got two more pages of notes, but we don't need to worry about it. But I do want to give you the circle that does matter. And I need you to hear this and attach names to it. These are the types of friends that you do need. You need a Titus, a person who brings encouragement and faith in times of need. Who is that person? You need a Goliath, a moment that puts a demand on your anointing. Every one of you are anointed. And sometimes you don't know until you've got a Goliath in front of you and you start to hear the noise. Maybe you thought everything was good, but it's not. Sometimes anger, listen, anger wouldn't be there if it wasn't inside of you already. If I go pick lemons from my lemon tree and I squeeze it and I want apple juice, guess what? I ain't gonna get apple juice. That's a lemon. Yeah. 
If I want apple juice, I got to squeeze an apple. Don't be squeezing oranges thinking you're going to get apple juice. But whenever you're squeezed, what comes out is because it's in there. Anger is just a subconscious, deeper thing that there's fear. And you got to go after and see what that fear is. Anger is just a protective, a limbic thing. It's an animal instinct to protect or guard something you don't want to deal with. Deal with it in 2024. Rip that band-aid off. Come to the altar. Go to our recovery. Do whatever it takes to be the best version of yourself so you can hold on to that vision that God's got for you. You need a Mordecai, a person who sees God's greatness and timing on your life, who pushes into you for such a time as this moment. Who's your Mordecai? You need a Mary, a kingdom connection that helps you see your own destiny, a person who makes your body leap. Something jumps inside of you when you get around them. You need an Eli, a person who can help you discern the voice of God. You need a Paul, an authoritative voice who pastors you and prays for you, can lead you, can put a yes and amen to you. You need a Barnabas, a pure friendship who will encourage you and pray with you. We all need a Barnabas. Take 10, 10X that. Don't run out of Barnabases. If you're gonna do big things, you need all the Barnabases, Barnabases you can get. You need a Timothy. That means a disciple you're pouring into and praying for. Who's your Timothy? And they gotta know it, by the way. I don't want to go up to Sean and be a Sean. I heard Steve's your, who's Steve? <laughs> oh, sorry. You were on his vision card. <laughs> they got to know so they know it's intentionality. You need a Nathan, a prophetic voice who hears from heaven and isn't afraid of you. You need a Jethro, an unexpected voice from an outside who can look at you from 30,000 feet, give you wisdom and bring clarity to your life. They see what you don't see. Maybe they're a little bit older. They can help you. They're at a different place in life that they can help you get unstuck. Oh, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? All right, I'm going to give you one more. Question is, do you got trust? Do you actually trust God? Can you trust God? It's amazing. When I came to this church, I realized, man, I didn't trust God. I didn't like pastors. Pastor Yergin was an enigma. He freaked me out. I'm like, this guy can't be serious. He's way too funny to be a pastor. He's putting 80-year-olds up on the stage doing the spider. One's going to die. He'd have all these old people, a gift card, 50 bucks. Are they up there? They're shaking. And I'm a chiropractor on the front row going, this ain't good. I'm not doing CPR at church. But it was the funniest thing. I was laughing. He was wild. He's still wild. But do you trust God? How do we do it? Faith and obedience. Abraham, you know, Genesis is a blueprint. The blueprint is to help you. The Bible is just a blueprint how to live your life out. And if you go read Genesis and you look at it, but Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will straighten you out. That was my version. He will straighten your paths. James 1.12. If they have it, listen. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. If you go read that whole passage up to 17, it's powerful. But do we trust God? How you show up is the level of trust that you have in your life. You say, I love Jesus. Well, you know, what's the fruit? Judge a tree by its fruit. I was reading this sports commentator, and they were, he was ripping on He goes, uh, hey, one of your teammates says, Kobe, you're a ball hog. Kobe's like, it's all perspective. And he goes, I know who said that. He goes, I also know that I know when they show up at practice. I know when they leave. I'm the first one there and the last one to leave. I know how much effort they put on the court. I put everything on the court. And so when I get the ball knowing this championship's on the line, I know the work I put in. So I know I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to take that ball. If he wants to call me a ball hog, just ask him, just saying, hey, why don't you say thank you for the ring I helped put on your finger? 
He goes, I know the sacrifices I've made. You want to look at my fruit? Look at my fruit. Let me just tell you, when you put the work in, men's prayer, coming early to find a parking spot, number one, it helps. Number two is to get the full experience. Don't rush your life. How you do anything is how you do everything. Man, let's honor God's house. Let's get in. Let's, let's let worship wash the junk of the world off us. Let's just get in a quiet space. Let's get here early. Let's just calm down and slow our roll on Sunday. Let God do everything. Let it marinate in what God has for us. But we got to know, do we trust him? Are we doing this in our own works? Number five is get to work. Dr. Miles Monroe said, your vision will bother you until you do something about it. Listen, not everyone likes my flavor. I'm a little intense. My expectation is Chris, Christians should be successful. Not broke. And feeling sorry for themselves. And then, and then it's amazing because, you know, I, I'm, I was having business. You know, I'm a chiropractor. I sell crack for a living. You know, it's like... It, that was a joke, people. I don't really, but it's like what I do, you know? And it's like, I also have a coaching company and people pay me to give them advice and, and help, you know, they'll say, hey, how's this plan? And then when I tell them it sucks, they're like, okay, thanks. But when I come to church and someone wants like pastoral care and they ask me for business advice, I'm like, oh, that sucks. I'm leaving the church. I'm like, oh, that's so weird perspective. Oh, oh, you want me to soften it and say, let me pray for you. Or I can just tell you the truth. No, that plan sucks. You're going to go upside down. You probably shouldn't invest any money and don't borrow your mom's. And if you want to leave my church because that's offensive, then you already know Jesus, right? Yeah, I do. Well, I'll see you in heaven. But while we're here, why not be successful to be a blessing? Why can't we take discipleship or pastoring or I don't care if you want to call it coaching or pastoring. Love Jesus. Receive correction from those that have the fruit. And let's go get radical with our faith. I don't know if I want to think bigger. This church, like, okay, this might not be the place for you. We're here to win championships for Jesus, to make his name famous. Not myself, not Pastor Jurgen, not Awaken Church, but we are going to be bold and courageous because the Bible tells us we should. So I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to read four or five things over you. And then we're going to pray for your cars. I just want you to receive it because I need the word to start rewiring some things. Not all of you. See, some people have this mentality. They're, they're raised up in this family that wants to win in life or do big things for Jesus. And then you go to college and you want to be the best or you play at a high level collegiate in any sport. You just get tough on the inside. It's like this mental exercise. Because if you suck, you get kicked off the team or you don't win. No one's getting kicked out of here. You could stay whatever level you want. But iron sharpens iron. So if you come here, I want to see some sparks. I want to see some mm, sharpening. If you've ever sharpened a knife, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want any of you to be dull Christian blades like thumpers. Mm, mm, I can't get breakthrough. Yeah, because you're dull blade. You're not even in a connect group. Come to DNA. This is the DNA of why we do things. It's what the Bible says. We want to teach you, get you plugged in. Sharpen that thing. Get a little bit uncomfortable. Let people speak some truth, even if it rubs you a little wrong. And then let's have a conversation. If I poke a button, come tell me. I don't know. We'll work it out because I love you. If you don't tell me, I don't know. I don't, I've been trying to tell my wife I can't read her mind. She now talks to me a little bit more with clarity. I want to read her mind, but I don't have that gift yet. I got discernment. I know what that facial expression means. I got a word of wisdom. The Lord's saying, that was dumb. Okay. Can't take it back, Lord. Can you give me a strategy to get out? Yes, I can. I'll soften her heart so she doesn't knock you out. Okay, Lord, that'd be great. Can you do it now? <laughs> Close your eyes. Come on. Start talking to yourself differently. Get the word of God in you. Tell yourself. Start telling yourself the word. Tell yourself Isaiah 54. No weapon formed against me will prosper. 
Tell yourself Deuteronomy 28, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Tell yourself Psalm 18, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Tell yourself Psalm 20, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Tell yourself Romans 8:37, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Tell yourself Philippians 4:13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Get the word of God on the inside of you and you will see differently in 2024. When you get the word as your perspective, things change how they taste. Things change how they sense. You will see differently if you have the word in you. Things just hit different when God is in you, around you, speaking through you. Come on. You make a commitment this year, honor it. You make a promise, keep it. When you have a vision, achieve it. Heavenly Father, God, we open the altar. Lord, as people write things down, stir them to do bigger things in 2024. We thank you for a vision quest that we're all on to be a different version of ourselves this year than we were last year. God, I thank you right now that the way I used to think at 20 isn't the way I think now. Don't let one day go by wasted with anyone under the sound of my voice. God, we open the altar. Maybe some of you have never come to the altar before. You just come to church and check. Don't do that today. Maybe you've never had anyone just pray over your card. Let, let God speak through someone today. We don't need to see your card. We don't know, need to know what your vision is. God knows what it is. He's the author and the finisher. We're just putting a yes and amen, like the Bible says to, to your cards. So as you, in this sacred moment, whether come to the altar or you leave up top, we got people at every door that just want to take a second. This ain't no long-winded Baptist prayer. You're not going to miss lunch. God is going to do something right now in this moment just with a yes and amen and anoint you with oil. We thank you for alignment in 2024. We thank you, Lord, for 2020 more. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. The altars are open. Come on. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.